Hey everybody, it's uh, Stefan, the Old World Gamer, along with Six of Six and Ghosty. And oh, hello, else, buddy. Oh my uh, God, he's good evening, everyone. And the host. Have Jesus, a good podcast. So many things are happening. All right, so anyways, welcome to the uh, Retro Indie Pixels podcast. Uh, Scott is away this week, so I asked Mister Six here to join me for this week. So it's probably going to be a little bit short of a podcast because I'm just using my own stuff. I'm not really worrying about. Uh, I'm not really worrying about Scott's news, because Scott usually picks the news that he would like to cover, so I don't didn't really want to like go ahead and assume what news he would cover for this week, so I figured, you know what, let's just, just go do our, what we got to do. So. And I'm just a vocal stand-in, so I, I didn't think it would be appropriate for me to try and fill that space. So You're going to fill it. <laughs> hey, hey, let's... What's going on? Let's get this Anyways. going. Alright, so, first thing we have here, I'm going to just start with news. I got some Steam stuff a little bit later, but first, something I found very interesting. Love Hulton's gives his retro gaming console a Dieter Rams-inspired update. Now, I didn't even know what the hell this thing was. I've never heard of it before, but it looks interesting. As you can see, it's almost like a little arcade or like NES or something. It's got like a, a joystick and some buttons there. Swedish designer Love Hulton is back with another retro modern take, this time paying tribute to none other than design pioneer Dieter Rams and his less is more approach. Okay. Looks interesting, that's for sure. Rams joined Braun in 1955 and served as chief design officer from 61 to 95. Ooh. months hype. Hi. <laughs> uh, in addition to developing many memorable consumer products, he also wrote his 10 principles for good design during this that time. Good design is as little as possible, he wrote, less but better, because it concentrates on the essential aspects. The products are not burdened with non-essentials. Back to purity, back to simplicity. Oh, okay. So I guess that's where this comes in. Hulton's revisited wow. his own Arcade R, Gaming console paired back the pairing back the design based on Rams's principles and adding little touches of Rams's SK4 uh, record player and T3 pocket radio. The result is a perfectly retro gaming console that nods to the past but is modern in its capabilities. Users can store over 10,000 emulated games and portable unit provides over 10 hours of gaming per charge. Damn! Oh, let's have a look at this thing. Now we know what happens if we full screen, so we won't do that today. Oh, wow, you just uh, screw on the thing yourself? Alright. Yeah. Oh, wow. wow. I like thing. this. Wow, alright. This is, like, okay, this is where, like, gaming, uh, uh, I guess portable gaming should be going. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. This is great. Mm -hmm. I want this so bad. This is absolutely perfect. Uh, it's not too big. Yeah. You get a nice screen. Yep. Like, I, I figured the screen was going to be tawny, and I was like, uh, 
But then when I seen, like, the dude's hands on it, I was like, oh, wait, really? It's that big? I didn't think it was going to be that good, so. What is it, like a 5x5? Five five? I'm, I'm going to guess oh, it's somewhere in that range. Uh, 5 inches by 5 inches. Uh, maybe it's a 5x6 there. That's Either way, it's it, it looks more than nice. you think of for any handheld system, any Bob portable system. <laughs> Uh, I, oh well, I guess other than tablets, of course you saw Bomberman. <laughs> I had to as soon as I seen it, I was like, "Oh, he's got Bomberman." On. So I need to know how much does one of these things set you back? Uh, what is the cost? I'm not on sure. This? They didn't actually say that, so let's see if we can't find some information. Uh, I'd really like to know because I'd rather do that than try and play old games on my cell phone. Hmm. Oh, bye. Here we go. Made to order. Holton don't keep stock and delivery times may vary. If you want something special, custom designs of Love Holton may be made upon request. Wow. That's insane. <laughs> so the Arcade R. Oh, wow. Almost $3,000 European. I can't oh, see that, that yes. symbol. Uh, no, just... Twenty seven nine twenty eight hundred dollars. Holy shit, oh, man! But it, it's absolutely perfect. I I would pay for that. I, I would literally save money and buy one of these. I like these, like walnut, white, and brass. Walnut, black, mm-hmm. and brass. Black, ash, and brass. Ash, the- vacromat, and acrylics. Green maple, white, and brass. Like that sounds awesome. Like, that looks fancy, man. Look at that shit. And mm-hmm. it screws in there so it's like a handle for... Oh, man. I want one of these so bad. Dear Love Holton. I know I'm <laughs> not... Uh, I know I'm not Jimmy Fallon, and I can't have you on a you know, fancy like, TV show, but I, I so, like your products. Can I have a couple final thoughts here on this one? This one's very luxury. This oh, isn't God, yes. just a basic thing. So it's it's luxury, and that's amazing. Um, but also, no, I lost my other point. Let's just go it's, with this. It's very, very high end. Like, look at that. That that's yeah. my favorite one. That that uh, the green oak was it? Yeah, a green maple. Beautiful. Man, that Whoa. looks really nice. Yeah. The other thing about it, I guess, that I want to say is that you're going to only need one of these. You take care of it really well, you're just going to have to replace batteries. So now I'm wondering, how much is his pixel cabinet? Oh my god. It's like 10,000 euros, isn't it? 4,300, that's not as bad as I was expecting. Wow, okay. Oh wow, look at this. Had a little planet in there and stuff, that's kind of cool. This guy has so much fun making these things look beautiful. My bad. Sorry. My bad. Oh, look at those clear sticks. Six's audio is a bit loud. Thank you for that. I will go and turn them in just slightly. Don't turn me down too much. I turned my gain down by like 10%. We should be good there now. Take it, Peter. Yeah, let us know. Oh, and the pixel cabinet itself looks nice. I, I really like the LEDs on on here with like the planets and stuff. That's really nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I'm mean, gonna guess it comes in like crazy like 
Oh wow, no, you have options. Wow. Built-in computer with MAME interface, Jesus. Everything about this floors me. Can I just repeat that this is? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty. I'm pretty happy that I found this. This was. I'm sure it's been for a while. It's just I've never seen it, but it's very interesting. I like it. All right. I've anyways. never seen custom-made <laughs> gaming systems. Sorry. There you go. Uh, next, we're going to go to our indie retro news for this week. Uh, brought to you by indieretronews.com. First up, we have Bomb Jack DX for the C64. Uh, apparently, it's a C64 classic overall, and it's looking very good in Beta 6. Hmm. Let's go and play the, the trailer. Oh, yeah, yeah, Mighty Bomb Jack. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You said the blow up a sore place of interest makes it made more difficult by the enemies on screen. It's a good game, but sadly, many felt the C64 version couldn't have been so much better. And thanks to Retrofan Plus Team uh, and his overhaul, this latest Bombjack DX C64 is looking just that. Completely new port of the popular 80s arcade game to the Commodore 64. Already from the previous beta we saw last year, the game has come along even further, not with, mm, with not just complete redone music and sound effects by one Bitman, but also two-player mode, high-score saver, arcade-like increasing bombometer, new fading colors, nicer running animations for Jack, new platform characters. Colorful credits and start screen, GUI improvements, optimized backgrounds, and more. Jesus. I'd say that's an overall. It looks very fluid. Like, I would say this was NES if I was to guess, but that's obviously what my not. thought was. Definitely as smooth as NES could get. Yeah. Damn. So it looks like they're making big strides with the C64, which is kind of cool. Because it looks so, like the C64 is getting a lot more uh, attention than it ever has. I, I need a little backstory for the C64. It, it is an older system, yes? Mm-hmm. Um, 80s, 90s? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure late 70s and 80s, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, so this thing is going through a renaissance era with all these people making games for it. That's awesome. Uh Oh, nah, 1982 nah, is when it was introduced. Okay. Uh, it's, it's really cool that this system is alive and well. Well, I mean, it, it's no worse than the Nintendo, really. It's just that it was home-based computing. So, I mean, the same thing with anything else in computers. It was, you know, stuff cost more back in the day. And it was a lot bigger and it had a lot more limitations and such. So, I mean, now they, that they can improve... Just the pieces of hardware being used and such, uh, you know, they can make, you can change those limitations now, which is kind of nice. Mm -hmm. Did we have any more games for the C64 this week? Uh, I'm not sure. We'll, we'll see as we go through, I guess. Next up, we have Adventuron Cave Jam. Uh, Adventuron uh, is a text adventure game creation jam with new games to play. Ooh. 
Alright, so we've mentioned a lot of creative games to our time at Indie Retro News for games for jams such as Game Boy Jams, ZX Spectrum Jams, CGA Jam, but now once again we are back with another Adventure on Cave Jam update. As thanks to a heads up by our good friend Chris Ainsley, who is also behind the competition, not only is the Adventure on Cave Jam voting phase starting, but there's a lot of games to play, including Mushroom Hunt, and in light of the upcoming Halloween theme, you can also play Spooky Adventure. Uh, so yes, indeed, if you loved adventure games where by specific typed commands such as Go North result in the correct or incorrect choice, and a further advancement in the story, then look no further than these fine games. Um, as inclusive as the playable titles are, A Troll's Revenge by 8-Bit AG, Century by Zuri, The Cave of Montauk by Marwin Studios, A Mission in Time by Soso Love, Soso Heart, <laughs> Escape the Cave of Magic by Sleuth Games, The Badly Cursed Treasure by Pixelman, Alk the Him About Love by Ores, Mushroom Hunt by Polydux, The Cave of Magic, The Troll and the Teddy, by Llewellyn Nile Pudding Griffiths, The Cave of Hoarding by Spirit of D, and finally Seeker of Magic by Gary. Wow. So, I've always been a big fan of these adventure games, and I know you have also been a pretty big fan of them as well, Six. That's correct. So at least now we know that there's an actual jam being done uh, regularly showing... Um, you know, more of these types of games, and obviously still in the old stall, as you can see. This one almost looks like it's done with ASCII or something. It's really pretty for oh, having no, said no. that it looks like it was done in ASCII. No, I don't think it is ASCII. I I just thought that from the stuff over here in these bushes, but I don't think it is. I think it's actually just ah, graphics okay. and stuff. Yeah, I was going to say, it does look um, painted to a certain degree. Um, that's cool. Uh, let's some of these games in the future and uh, I'm going to get this link from Old World Gamer uh, and I will check out some of these games and tell you guys about them. Indeed. Uh, for those who are not aware, Mr. Six over there speedruns uh, King's Quest 6. So that's kind of like, well that's more of a point and click adventure game as opposed to the, the specific type commands type games. But adventure there games are, are fun and mm-hmm. yeah. Alright, so, ooh, Alex Kid 3, Curse in Miracle World, a high-grade Sega Master System fan game, is coming soon. <clears throat> Alright, so, in 1987, Sega uh, released a great side-scrolling platform game, Alex Kid, for the Sega Master System console. Although it was first released in Japan in 86, but internationally in 87, it is one of the most well-known games as it was also built into most Master System 2s. In actual fact, it was so well-loved that a fan by the name of Yeti Bomar, a.k.a. Watain, has announced the upcoming release of the incredible-looking fan game of Alex Kid 3, Curse and Miracle World for Sega Master System. Uh, as we said before, when Alex Kid 2, Curse and Miracle World was unofficially released as a demo during the early part of 2017, it was already something special at only five levels with great level design and improved colors and graphics over the original game. But now is the upcoming Alex Kid 3, powered by Kid Ed, 
It will feature three new vehicles, five new castles, a new character sprite, improved graphics, new levels, fantastic soundtrack, and much more. And I am in complete agreement right there. I cannot wait. This looks fantastic, man. I can't see anything wrong with it there. Um, no, I'm eager to hear the music. It looks like the jumps are pretty crisp. Uh, as someone who's looking at jumps in his games, uh, that's a very important thing. You don't want to be having awkward jumps. And doesn't Berlin dude uh, run Alex Kidd games? Is it Alex Kidd? I believe what he runs is uh, Wonder Boy and Monster World. That's what it is. It's Wonder Boy. I always get those mixed up. They're a lot alike. I can see why you might. Mm -hmm. As someone who may not have played either. I know I certainly did. This looks so smooth, dude. Like... Hopefully we'll hear more about it soon. I've got to say, now I know it's probably going to come out as a ROM more than anything else. But it would be nice to really see, like, an actual physical release of this as well. Like, on a Sega Master System cartridge or something. I suppose you could just do it yourself, but, you know know what I mean. Mm Mm-hmm. 3D printing. (laughs) Alright. Oh, yeah. This this looks actually a lot of fun as well. Nighton Plus, a Zelda light adventure available on Steam by Must Die Studios. Now, I think I might have talked about Night and Plus one time before. And, oh, I totally did. So, uh, they're also now covering it on Indie Retro News. Good for them, because it looked like a fantastic game at the time as well. So, uh, if you're a fan of Zelda, then you'll be happy to know that thanks to Heads Up by the creator, he's told us that Must Die Studios has released a Zelda light adventure game of Night and Plus on Steam. As noted by the Steam description, Night and Plus is a classic adventure game made by one person and is inspired by the amazing masterpieces from the 90s. Join brave Sir Ludalot on his epic quest in this little Zelda light adventure. Explore and fight your way through the dangerous dungeons filled with traps, puzzles, and magical artifacts. And of course, show the evil bosses who the real boss here. Who, who is the real boss here? Mm. The game features a classic adventure gameplay with lots of dungeons, monsters, puzzles, and great loot, new abilities, a tongue-in-cheek story, stylish pixel art graphics, which, of course, you know how much I love that, and uh, a lovely, catchy soundtrack. Now, see, the only thing that I've had a problem with on the podcast so far, or that we've had on the podcast so far, is that uh, sometimes we go and play game music from games, the people who make the music, or, or like, I don't know, the people who have rights to their music or something, poop to bed and immediately all like, Oh no, this is this YouTube video, oh no, reclaim monetization. I'm just like, Jesus Christ. So most times we don't play the music in our trailers here, just for the fact that I don't want to have to go through that bullshit all the time. I don't want people monetizing our videos. I don't want people to come over and watch the podcast and have to wait through, you know, ads all the time. Or even the click out of ads all the time. I'd rather you guys just be able to watch the podcast as is, so. But when I when I hear that something's supposed to have an amazing soundtrack, it makes me look even more forward to a game. I mean, at least you can see the pixel graphics for those watching the videos and stuff. For those who are just listening to the podcast, uh, we'll go and look at Night and Plus, and uh, you'll see what we're talking about. <clears throat> Let me do the podcast listeners a favor here. Uh, if you liked Dash Boots from the original series, 
they seem to have a better dash that leaves like a, a fire trail that looks like it could harm enemies. So that was something exciting that I could see that uh, our podcast listeners had no idea was going on. So um, that interests you. Maybe you want to check this out? Oh, definitely. <laughs> yeah, it looks pretty clean. Definitely. Like updated pixel graphics too, so it's quite nice. They're very modern pixel graphics. All right, so up next we have Project Blue, a high-quality NES game coming to Kickstarter in October. Again, new NES game. <sighs> looking forward to that already. I don't even have to tell you how much I'm looking forward to that. Alright, so let, let's press play in this video here. Please be flowing and fast. Okay. Oh, it's fast. Alright. Oh my god. This actually... You know what? With the color schemes they went with and stuff, this feels more like an old school game that was already released as opposed to a new game made for an NES. You know what I mean? Like, it's not over-polished like in regards to like having the best... like like graphics but like it's still not terrible by any means that's not what I mean either it's just that like you can tell that they didn't have to like alright well now I'm afraid that people aren't going to know that's a person it's like no you know they, they put in the detail that was necessary that was it and that's that's perfect I love this this looks so good how is this not already a Nintendo game really I was going to say, it looks, the, the level of quality that they have in a NES game there, and some of their texture palette, mm -hmm. was more like SNES. Wow, okay. it, it's just it, an 8-bit version, like a very clean 8-bit style. I, it just floored me looking at that. Yeah, I know. The way I tried to describe it made it sound like I was trying to, like, shit on the, the way it looked, but that's not what I was trying to do. It's just the way the way that it looked. It reminds me more of the old school. Like everyone tries to over polish their games, and, and again, I don't want that to sound like your game isn't polished. It, it looks good. I'm I'm looking forward to playing it. But uh, like the the like you were saying with the 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 type of color uh, palettes that they went with, like a dark green and then a, a very vibrant purple. Like that's something that you would normally see. Like like those two types of colors against each other in an NES game whereas now they probably say okay well let's uh, let, let's turn all this black back here into like a navy and then we'll still have some black here to give it a little bit more detail but then we'll, we'll instead of having it like green and dark green we'll just like you know what I mean like they'll try to make it look more brickish or look more like it's a sewer so I have more gray to it or you know like uh, I don't know you just go with two levels of detail and move on is, is an easy way to explain that instead of like trying to add pixel on pixel on pixel detail no exactly apparently the details about the game are sparse but it's cl uh, close to being finished uh, but the game will feature great sound effects lovely chippy music plenty of enemies and bosses and finally different ways to pass each room to help you through your gaming enjoyment Okay. And love the thought of chippy music. Mm. I want to point out that the different ways through rooms is really nice. There's no right way to do it, just the way you figured out. That, mm -hmm. that. I'm just wondering if it's mostly puzzle or if there's action. It kind of gave me a Battle Kid feel. <laughs> uh, 
I'm not familiar with Battle Kid, but I'm going to assume it's it's oh. some combination. Uh, well, actually, uh, Scott uh, played Battle Kid. Um, it, it's a platforming shooter game, so it's a lot like Mega Man, but okay. intentionally yeah. made difficult. Gotcha. Yeah, I can see that. Okay, I, I understand what you're trying to say there now. And sure, uh, yeah. if you're looking for a fun speedrun to watch, or even just like a fun uh, Let's Play or game to watch for something new, Battle Kid 1 and 2 are fantastic. Those are both really cool, very difficult games. And watching people speedrun them is ridiculous. <laughs> All right. Up next, we have Night Orc, Level 9 Software's BBC MicroMaster version, recovered and released. Recovered? BBC version? Wait, what? Uh, <laughs> Rockball was the only game lost into the outer regions of space and found tumbling back to Earth, as thanks to a heads up from a good friend of ours, we've been told that Level 9 Software's BBC MicroMaster version of Night Orc has been recovered and released upon the retro community. This game, according to the Startout forums, may have been in the possession of the Center from Computing History. Oh, wow. It was successfully archived thanks to a collective effort from Startout members at this weekend's A-Bug Meetup in Cambridge. Night Orc is a standard text adventure game with limited graphics on some platforms by Level 9 released in 87. originally came with a short novel novella by Peter McBride, the son of the York, explaining the background of the story in the game was released on many different platforms including the Amiga, Amstrad, CPC, Atari 8-Bit, Atari ST, Commodore 64, MS-DOS, ZX Spectrum, Macintosh, and MSX, but sadly was never released on the BBC Micro until now. I'm sorry. It had so many ports. Why does the one on the BBC Micro matter? I'm so sorry. Why do those things sound like they're completely the opposite of each other? BBC Micro. And I'm like, wait. <laughs> Anyways, that's not what we're talking about here. But yeah, no, I'm surprised that... Uh, well, I guess it was more computer-based than anything else. Because as you can tell, all those systems are all computer-based systems. As opposed to a home console. So... Okay, yeah, I can see that as being a good reason to want it on a console. I've been wanting to play some more MSX stuff as well. It looks like it would be a really fun, really good system to play on. So you say MSX, and I don't know what the system that is at all. If I'm not mistaken, and I'm sure anyone out there, if you wish to correct me, feel free to. Uh, I'm pretty sure the MSX took um, cassettes back in the day. But it was very comparable to a Nintendo... If I'm not mistaken, MSX console. Let's look it up real quick. Uh, Standardized home computer architecture. Okay. And that's by Microsoft and ASCII on June 16th, 83. Before the success of Nintendo's uh, Famicom. MSX is the platform for which major Japanese game studios such as Konami and Hudson Soft produced their video games. Oh. Yeah. So, All right. That's pretty cool. Yeah, that is awesome. All right, so we're going to move on to our next one we have here. Oh, Scott's not here with this. Remote Life, a super-duper PC shoot-'em-up, is coming December 2019. All right, so let's press play on this. 
Other than adventure games, I've also had a great fondness for shoot 'em ups from retro games such as R Type, Project X, and Gradius. To modern inspirations such as Fabulous Super Hydora, there isn't a shoot 'em up that I'd turn away from just to blast new uh, few waves of enemies. So to see a high quality shoot 'em up listed on Steam as Remote Life, which is coming to a PC near you in December, I just had to shout it out and tell you this. Uh, it might be a very decent game indeed. This is, it looks very strange so far as a shoot 'em up game. Reminds me of Subterranean a little bit as well. For Sega Genesis. So Remote Life isn't just your typical 2D side-scrolling shoot 'em up either, but according to the creator's next game level, the game doesn't just feature huge 3D pre-rendered sprites that are gorgeously animated set with beautiful backgrounds befitting to an alien world, but if that wasn't enough, the bosses look so infinitely creepy and scary that the CG artists had to design them with closed eyes. What? What? So yes, if all of this sounds so awesome, and with the inclusive deadly weaponry at your disposal, it might be worth your time checking it out. Fantastic visuals, uh, 16 missions, wow. Autosave on level progression, great atmosphere, and mysterious... And a mysterious A story? I don't know what's happening here. 18 <laughs> weapons. What's an A story? <laughs> a training tutorial stage that allows you to master the game mechanics before you go through the... I guess they're just shouting out a, a shoot 'em up game. I know Scott would love this. <clears throat> but seeing as we're going to be talking about uh, shoot 'em up games, well, uh, I'm going to make sure that we keep people up to date on. Uh... Hey, here she is. I'm going to go over to Sarah Jane Avery's page because I know she's been doing like a lot of stuff. Um, I know you have videos here. Oh, here we go. So look at how awesome her games still look. Like, every single, like, video she's provided us so far, her game looks so fucking good. Like, really, really good. Like, it, this is just another example of, like, a game that should have already been released, like, years ago, and should already be a fan favorite. That background looks so beautiful. I'm not really? even paying attention to the gameplay. I'm just like, can I watch the scenery get painted in? There's so much about this game that's nice, man. Uh, I have to agree with you uh, about this game not being released. But that's the beauty of the times we're in. People can just mm -hmm. go out and say, I'm going to make a game for this system. No holds barred. Everybody tell me what you think. You don't like it? That's, that's good. I can go and try again. Now, this enemy actually reminds me of the one that's in Contra 3, actually. That's, that was one thing I did notice about this. I'm like, hey, this is the exact same boss that you have in the, the one stage where you're on the motorbikes. <clears throat> well, not exactly the same. I think it had two legs kind of thing, but... Um, I, I know nothing about this, one. so... Yeah, this is one from two days ago. But yeah, she's been doing a fantastic job with her game so far. Uh, show me more on it. <laughs> you need to calm down. You need to calm down. I didn't mute it, but... Oh, the music sounds so good!
And that's all it is, too. <laughs> nah. Oh my god. Alright. Jesus, Sarah. She's doing such good work. Oh, such good work. She's right. been paying attention. That's all I'm going to say. Oh, yeah. She's. Man, I'm telling you. That people are going to love Soul Force. Um, Alright, so up next we have Mickey or Mikey's Land. Endless Amiga Run and Shooter gets updated gameplay footage. Okay, so first, I'm not really making, this is not overly noteworthy. The thing that bugs me the most is that pretty sure that's um, fucking Master Higgins from Adventure Island. That's Squawks from Donkey Kong Country. I'm sorry. Alright, so trolling through our Twitter feed, we've been contacted by Michael Gibbs regarding an upcoming Amiga called, uh, an upcoming Amiga game, I would say, called Mikey's Land, which is an endless runner with lots of jumping and shooting involved, and inspirations to games such as Wonder Boy and Mario. This game, which is being developed by Michael Gibbs, is still at a development stage, but the creator has sent us some new teaser footage to whet our appetites for the upcoming release. Now, see, I'm not a big fan of, of runner, running games, dude, to be honest. Let's uh, me, me see. Let's go to game this. Oh, you have lots of time. It just it doesn't flow with you either. I mean, it's bright for the Amiga and stuff, but it seems. I don't know, kind of basic, but I mean, for all I know, it could be his first game, I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's not a terrible game, at least, like, I've seen some that were way worse in regards to being terrible looking. It still looks and feels very basic. Oh, oh god yes, no, I, I completely agree with that. But not well. in a bad way, it, it's... Oh, okay. And some new concepts in there, that's kind of cool. Yeah, I don't think we're going to stick on that one for too long anyways, but I mean, if you're into Endless Runners, by all means, and if you have an Amiga or like to play uh, emulated Amiga, by all means, give Mikey's Line a try. Alright, so here's some strange news. New trademarks hint at the return of Mr. Driller, Klonoa, and Splatterhouse. So apparently Bandai Namco must have filed for these new... Uh, trademark. So, new trademark filings in Japan could herald the return of Mr. Driller, Klonoa, Splatterhouse, and other classic Bandai Namco games for modern platforms. According to a report from uh, Jematsu, uh, the publisher filed for a quintet of new trademarks for titles like Mr. Driller Encore and Klonoa Encore, which could point to remakes or remasters of those dormant franchises. Bandai Namco has used the Encore titling scheme in Japan for two titles already. Katamari Damacy Encore, released as Katamari, Katamari Damacy Reroll in the West, and the forthcoming Kotoba no Puzzle, Moji Pitan Encore, a Nintendo Switch puzzle game based on a Wii release from 2008. If Bandai Namco plans on remastering more of its games from the Encore line, it has two good Wii candidates in Mr. Dr Driller W, a WiiWare exclusive, and Clone Noah 
The 2009 remake of the 97 PlayStation original, Clonoa Door to Phantom Isle. These, uh, those two games could serve as the basis for Mr. Driller Encore. Bandai Namco's registration for that title also includes a logo and Klonoa Encore, respectively. As for Splatterhouse, it's possible Bandai Namco could re-release the 2010 reboot, which debuted on PlayStation 3 and 360, to a chilly reception. The other two titles that Bandai Namco filed for Encore trademarks were Wagyan Land and Genpei Toma Den. Oh my god. Two Namco series from the 80s that have less exposure in the West. I've heard of Wagan Land. Never heard of Genpei Toma Den. It's interesting that they're doing this. Uh, I mean, I can see Splatterhouse working out, and I'm pretty sure Clono was supposed to be a really good game when it came out as well. I don't know. They're talking about the Splatterhouse, uh, the last release of Splatterhouse, seeing a very chilly reception. Mm-hmm. I would worry that the same would happen again, even though I know that there's a very, very active speedrun and Twitch community around that game. Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing uh, is that uh, the gaming communities have jumped like considerably recently in every aspect uh, since that release. So, I mean... If they'd done a release now, it'd probably be more highly receptive than their one back in 2010. That's entirely possible. It's one of those things we'd still have to see how it plays out. Exactly. Uh, It might get a warmer reception than it did, but it may not be enough to revive the franchise in total. See, it's like a lot of the stuff that I've been talking about with a lot of these games is that... They have to stop worrying about updating it for PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. And they have to worry about, hey, let's make the game look like it's on fucking Sega Genesis. But we're going to release it on the fucking PS4. And you know what? We'll even have it so that if you do a certain, you know, if you beat the game a certain way, you can unlock the other Splatterhouse games to play. That'd be cool. See? That took five seconds to come up with a good idea. The first thing you hear is, that'd be cool. See? What the fuck, Bandai Namco? What the fuck, anybody, really? I mean, I don't know why you guys have to go through the trouble of having to make games have, like, the newest of new And if you're gonna do that, make it fucking good. Like, if you were gonna do an updated Splatterhouse, make it so that the dude you play as gets to, like, fucking, like... Do some super disgusting shit to to the enemies because that's what the game was all about. Exactly. It, it was creepy. It was gross. It was scary. I mean, if you were a kid, it was probably scary. So I mean, you know, if you're gonna redo it, then fucking go the full fucking mile and like really like make it gory and, and grotesque. For huh. sure. Well, we'll see what they do with these franchises, or if they just renew the copyrights and sit on them. That could be a thing that happens, right? It could be anything. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I'm not sure what they did in the last Spider-House. I never got to play it myself, uh, else, buddy. All right, up next, if Scott was here, he'd be pooping himself. He'd be like, oh, it's my favorite, it's your favorite, it's everybody's favorite. <laughs> it's... OWG's Steam Queue. We're using this to segment my news this week. And I think it's going pretty well so far. I hope you're having a good time over there, Mr. Six. Uh, it's going quite well. I just 
I'd like to welcome to the OWG. Steam Kino. You're just you're just taking it all in. Oh <coughs> uh, yeah. Alright, so by the way, I'm already adding this to my wish list. I've seen this game already. Code Vein. Also by Bandai Namco Studios. Um ah. this this game looks fantastic. No wonder why everybody's been playing this on Twitch. Mm-hmm. Oh, you can play this co-op, too? Excellent. That's uh, a bonus point. The only thing is that it's $80 Canadian. Jesus. Wow. Yeah. That's a high selling point there. Yeah, it is. But it does look like it's a good game. Now, can we see some actual, like... They fight for survival. Can we see some actual gameplay? Because right now it looks like mostly cinematic. Uh, I don't know. That looks like a battle cinematic. Okay, it's anime Souls-like RPG. Wow. All right. And it's co-op, which okay, this could be like fantastic. Really, I haven't played any Souls games. Really so, do you own any Souls games? I think all three of them. Yeah, we can do boss co-op if we can get the game to connect. Oh, that sounds good. I like the sounds of that. Uh, but I would hope Code Vein goes a step further and you're allowed to fight regular enemies together because that's something not seen in Souls games currently that I personally would like to see improved. Maybe you don't have the single-player layout. Maybe there's a multiplayer layout and it's harder. It's still something that they could do with Souls-like games. Oh, God, yes. All right, let's see what the next one is that we have here this week. Oh, Atelier Ryza, Ever Darkness. Oh, here comes Activate Windows. One moment. My God, every time. Get out of here. All right, Ever Darkness and the Secret Hideout. Koei Tecmo. Another big developer. Coming October 29th. That just looks stunning. The, the hair on that character it was so well done. You say this was an RPG? This one is a RPG, JRPG. With a female protagonist, so I know uh, Scott would enjoy that. I wish they didn't have to make her breasts one of the selling points, but you know. <laughs> you're allowed to do that, and not everybody has to like it. Show me some uh, gameplay. I want to... Watch the battles. Where you at, bro? It looks like it's almost a uh, Dragon Warrior or Dragon Quest like. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. A one on one? Are you kidding me? Oh, no, I want to play this game. Ah. Got me. Got me good. <laughs> That's all it took. I'm going to add that one to the wish list as well. It looks so good. Next up, we have the Jackbox Party Pack 6. I'm just going to mute myself for a minute. We're going to go to next in the queue because neither one of us are like super... What in the f... Ooh. 
Wait, wait, we wait. Hold on, Power Rangers. When did you guys get guns? Nah. Well, I, they've kind of had guns. I mean, the Megazord. True, I suppose. So this is like an all-out, all the Power Rangers ever in one game, like, fighting game, it looks like. I actually li like this concept because you can put a story in it an RPG in with this really easily for like a single player mode mm -hmm. that could be amazing uh, and you could have different stories for all the different characters and you, basically this would be fanboy heaven for eternity if you like the Power Rangers mm -hmm. but even if they don't go to that level I mean people are gonna have fun beating up whether they're the good Whoa. guy or the bad guy wow <laughs> I actually want this. It's been a while since I've been like, hey, Power Rangers, that's awesome. It is, right there. Yeah, this doesn't look terrible by any means. I won't say yes, and I won't say no to it by any means, but, uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't look bad. By Enway Incorporated. Definitely not what you'd expect. Cat Quest 2. What? Adventure Action Indie RPG Co-op and Cats. Mm. So people out there who love cats are going to want this. <laughs> well, RPG lovers are going to be interested right off the bat, too. Oh, whoa. What? What is this game? Pop Merle. I don't think it's something I would end up playing, really. I kind of feel like this would be a phone RPG, like yeah. a mobile game. That's what I was thinking as well, actually. I don't see it as a bad thing, but definitely not about my app. Looks, Looks like something you, you would actually enjoy for some reason. I don't know why. Maybe. I don't... It depends. It, RPGs are always hit and miss with me. Or hit or miss, rather. So next, we have Gunvolt Chronicles, Luminous Avenger IX. So, so far we have this really nice cinematic thing. Okay, it's anime-like. Please go to... There we go. Ooh, oh. Hello. Oh, dude. Whoa. This looks fucking awesome. Oh, Scott is going to shit his pants if he sees this. This reminds... Reminds me of, uh, it's a JRPG, but I forget what it's called, Disgaea, there we go. Um, the, the graphics of the characters up close reminded me of Disgaea, the, the game itself does not so much. Holy crap. It's pretty high paced though. Yeah, dude. Yeah, I've added this to my wish list. this looks crazy, it looks very Mega Man. Metroidvania-ish. Mm -hmm. I would still say almost more Mega Man than anything. Holy crap, man. Anthem?
<laughs> else what he adds to his wish list. <laughs> Jeez. I'll play the version on Switch. Alright, let's go let's go to the next game because we all know that, that game is awesome. Early access action in the cute. Oni Rhythm. Hmm. Okay, so it's like a 3D platformer game. I like that art style, though. Yeah. Yeah, I think Robin likes his art style a lot, too, actually. I feel like that's, like, ultra-realism, you know, kind of like the Toy Story thing in some respects. Uh, just, it, it looks really good for this kind of game. Oh, wow. Whoa! Dude chasing after you with a friggin'... Jesus. Oh, cool. This actually doesn't look too bad. I'm gonna add that to my wish list as well. I think you 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 like the graphic style more than uh, maybe the gameplay. What is this? Sea wait, sea bubble? What? It had me interested for a second, and then I was like, "No, this is some kind kind of weird game where you're trying to bring the bubble this into somebody else's net." What? <laughs> yeah. So you grabbed a bubble. Never mind. I don't have anything I want to say about this one. <laughs> Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Muta Zion. Different type of graphics so far. Yeah. Uh, what are the tags? Adventure? Adventure India Atmospheric Story Rich 2D. I think I might have seen this before. Yeah, it feels like you would have. It would have been on the podcast previously. Mm. Some odd reason. Definitely looks interesting. Mm-hmm. Let's go to our next one here. Wally and the Fantastic Predators. What the hell? This is a fast-paced, like, top-down? What? Wow. A really fast-paced. Tetra <laughs> bombs your boomerang. Wait, what? Level up. Uh, what? <laughs> I'm so tripped out. I, I'm I'm actually interested in this game. Normally, yeah. this is not up my alley, but I'm like, it's different enough from the basic concept that I want to try it. Jesus, it's definitely bullet hellish as well. Yeah, I was noticing that. Oh, what? Wait, what? 
Wait. What's with all that ammunition? Wow. Okay, I'm not going to say no or yes to that, but we're going to go to our next one. A Dreadful Whispers. Uh, so far, this is startling. Platform? Puzzle platformer, maybe? Any adventure platformer, 2D, single player, yeah. <laughs> a little too dark for me I guess mm. I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm trying to figure out like it and that's the thing that comes to mind alright so we're gonna go to our last game in the queue Super Life RPG what the f for those ti too tired to worry about their own lives and are too stressed out with their own lives here simulate your life on a different game and make it better work pizza We're just done. We're done. Q had a lot of good games at the start there. At the end, it was kind of getting meh. Super Life didn't look too bad. Like, it's it's something that if they had uh, given a better angle, I think it would have hit you better. But for me personally, that's like a, a different style Sims, and I can see that being something that's not terrible, but... Uh, that Steam Q was overall not the best Steam Q. No, definitely not the best Steam Q I've had yet. Alright, and that's fine. We'll go on to our next set of news here. Oh, oh my bad. I threw the dimmer on so that way I'll see the black screen and then know that we're back from your break. Aha. So that well we, we should be good there now. Alright, so uh, our next game here is... Uh, Applewood. Uh, Apple-based puzzle platforming turns out to be more lethal than we could have ever anticipated in this week's IGP first look at Applewood. Oh, by the way, these uh, next three segments are brought to you by IndieGamesPlus.com. Uh, a loud kerfuffle awakens our, he our imp hero, and if there's nothing he and his animal pals can't stand, it's someone getting them up and out of bed early. So, you set it to figure out who's been blowing conches all willy-nilly, aiming to give them a stern talking to. Our imp isn't a fan of violence. <laughs> this means heading out into the woods and dealing with some treacherous jumps. The imp has some flimsy wings that allow it to glide for a few seconds, which you'll be putting to work quickly to keep from tumbling down a pit. You can also wall jump to get yourself a little higher, and these two abilities allow for some fun acrobatics as you traverse the woods talking with goofy animal inhabitants along the way. So let's throw on the trailer. Oh god, that's not a trailer. It's 30 minutes. Jesus. It looks cute. I like it so far, though. Interesting graphic style, for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, looks like 16-bit, uh, actually. Uh, yeah, I can see that, yeah. If you think of some of the weird games, like Beavis and Butthead and stuff like that, how they had that weird, kind of like smooth... Graphic yeah, Alright, mm -hmm. so you can also grab things and throw them, which is where things get even more puzzly. Tons of switches and weighted platforms need to be used to move forward, which can often, uh, which you can often do by tossing big apples on top of them. Getting those angles just right can be a bit of a challenge that will put your brain to work, although perhaps I was overcomplicating some of them, as my common weakness at puzzle games is jumping. 
Alright, so Applewood is a cute game with some charming music and delightful sense of humor with some surprisingly compact, complex jumping and throwing puzzles. It looks to make for some fun times exploring its silly woods. So this looks like it's like they're going to play the whole thing. I want to see. Yeah, here we go. Okay, no, I kind of like the, the art style there. It looks nice. I haven't seen anything that looked bad in this art style, mm -hmm. so I'm going to agree with you there. Yeah, it's more pixely from the avatars and stuff here, which is kind of cool as well. I like that. It looks like it's a very interesting game. I'd like to see more of it when, when it, I don't know if it's out yet or not. Oh, it's available now on Steam and itch.io. So let's go to Steam real quick and have a look and see how much it is. Applewood by Garrett Thompson. Just Hello, released. Garrett Thompson. Ooh, 535. So, yeah, about $5 uh, American is what it's going for now. A little under, maybe. That's not too bad. Breaks on impact. Corrupts children. Wait, what? <laughs> uh, at the time of the podcast, it's 20% off. Mm -hmm. I don't know how long that deal is. Offer ends in 16 hours. Uh, well, I guess no one hearing the podcast later is going to make that one. Sorry, guys. I tried. I tried. <laughs> All right. We're going to move on to our next game, which which is Freedom Finger, a shmup where even your enemies are your weapons. Um, what? <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> is that a middle finger shooting yes. bullets? There's a drag that so many things are shooting you in Freedom Finger, but what if you just grabbed your foes and used them to shoot back? <laughs> Freedom Finger will take you to an all manner of goofy, surreal places, each filled with all sorts of things that don't really appreciate being flipped off. So much so that they'll come rushing at you and try to shoot you down. As a giant middle finger, you can fire back from your extended digit to take them out, hosing enemies with shots. Hosing? Excuse me? I'm sorry, you're hosing them from a middle finger? Uh, that sounds censorable. <laughs> Alright, well we got our trailer up here, what the fuck? It, it looks silly so far, I'm not gonna lie. <laughs> and it's censored, what? Anyways, while that's one way to fight, there's much more than a giant mechanical hand can do. If you don't feel like shooting, you can deliver a colossal steel punch to make foes regret bugging you. You can also just snag the enemies that float too close to you, using them as shields or using their weapons against the other enemies. You have a bunch of different options and weapons at your disposal at any time, which adds a lot of variety of how you can play. I'm used to sticking with one or two power-ups while playing shmups, but Freedom Finger encourages you to constantly switch your weapons up, or to use a bunch of offensive abilities rather than settling into using one or two. Combining this neat playstyle with a wild storyline, wacky voice actors, and an endlessly surprising set of stages, uh, which we enjoyed quite a bit a while ago, makes for some compelling, captivating shmup action. Well, and apparently it's available on the Switch and Steam. I'm not surprised it's on Steam. Wow, 1823. Ouch. Don't think that is the right price for this game, but that's just me personally. And that's uh twenty percent off. Yeah. So. For twelve hours, I bet. Ugh. 
<clears throat> oh, ends October fourth. You have a few days if the, if anyone's no, interested. Okay. Um, I, I like the idea of this game, but I don't think that price is appropriate. No, not at all. John DiMaggio. No wonder why they're trying to get 20 bucks out of it. <laughs> Alright, so up right next, uh, we have the Indie Games Plus Trailer Tuesday. Uh, we have a bunch of different games usually with this. First one up is Wizard Battle, so let's just watch the trailer real quick here. New game by Scott. Oh, one wizard is falling down. That is some good stuff. <laughs> Uh, no. No. Oh, we're done. Not a fan of that. Arena, uh, official trailer. Do not like the looks of that. Not for broadcast. Alright, rest in pieces. Official trailer for the N Nintendo Switch. Let's have a look at this. Hopefully this is something good. Save all the souls that have been trapped in the dream demon's porcelain nightmares. Jesus, this is creepy. Whoa! Yeah. Sorry, I'm a little behind Whoa. on the video. What? <laughs> I was explaining to viewers. That is terrifying. I don't want to play this game. It is very terrifying, but I do like the concept that you are like... Like you're you're you can shatter if you hit stuff. Like I guess like you're a porcelain doll or something. Mm -hmm. That's kind of crazy. All right, up next is a game that actually me and Steve or uh, me and Six are actually planning to play in the upcoming couple of weeks. It's called Queen's Wish: The Conqueror. The um, devs uh, reached out to us and gave me a couple of copies of this, and uh, it looks like it's something that we may. Enjoy. I don't think it's actually co-op, which is unfortunate. But at least we can still play side by side and just be able to, you know, find out yeah, things yeah. together. So he, you know, he might find out how to use magic properly, or you know, hey, you know, you can do this with an, a bow, you know, that kind of stuff. So I hope it is multiplayer. But if it's not, that's okay too. Oh yeah. Uh, it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. It's definitely different. I'm surprised it's back up again this week. Yeah, we've seen it quite a bit, so it's got lots of popularity. It's about $20 on Steam. $20, huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they, they went into enough detail. I can see this being a $20 game. Yeah, especially if you're into this type of, like, RPG type thing. Mm-hmm. Which mm -hmm. I know we both kind of are, so I, I think it's going to be a yep. lot of fun for both of us because there's uh, so many different ways seeing... you can go. I'm just going to say Castle of the Winds because yeah. that's what what I think of every time I see it, and that makes me want to play it because exactly. it's, it's, and it's, it's not it's a modern-day Castle of the Winds, but it's like three or four games later than what we had in Castle of the Winds 2, if you'd like. Imagine the system evolving. Mm -hmm. um, it, it just looks enticing in that way, and I, I really can't wait to play this. I'm excited. Yeah, there's a lot of detail in this game, so it, it's going to be mm -hmm. fun. And like Look I said, that, those menus, having like, just the two the of us example. doing this alone should help a lot just to, to learn how mm -hmm. the game is even played. Like, look at that big map. Yep. Instead of, like, playing <sighs> Diablo 1 alone, if it isn't team play, at least we can share knowledge and... Mm -hmm. That'll make playthroughs go a lot faster. This exactly. looks like something I would want to complete at least once, yeah. just to see, you know, what the 
the game in total would be like. Some of those uh, images that kind of remind me of the, uh, the ones in Morrowind, actually. Oh, it looks like you, there's a building aspect. I didn't notice that before, and now that I, I have, um, I... Uh, hey, Steve. When do we get to play this game again? Mom has a job for you. What'd you say? When do we get to play this game? Yeah, I know uh, Mom as soon has as lots I'm of back time. up and streaming, dude, we'll, we'll be able to okay. start playing that soon. I'm, I'm very hyped for that one. Alright, so, next one we have here is called Drown or Dry Drowning. Sounds interesting, so we're going to take a look. Studio V. Mm. So is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Visual novel. Not interested, sorry. Uh... Tower of Babel. A novel set. That means like it's a uh, choose-your-own-adventure. So I guess it could be kind of cool for that reason. But uh, is there anything else in this list that looks interesting yet? Miracle Maya or Mia. Okay. Again, that's something I think I'm really into. Not sure about that one. I, I don't know what it's trying to be, so I can't tell you whether to like it or dislike it. Exactly. Based on besides Legionary's Legionary. life. Let's see what this one's like. This looks like it could be alright. Never before has Rome been so. Uh, oh. A young, still unproven general is leading a daring. Oh, you. No, it's a Counter Strike. You are not that. You, all you are is a legionary. Oh, oh. Okay, so what's. Oh, cool. You're actually playing Ooh. as Legionnaire? Okay. Sign me up for this one. See? We get to see some interesting games. I told you. So this is actually kind of interesting. I like where this is kind of going. Oh, uh, is this the fighting, though? Because that, that's pretty basic. It's all text-based. Well, I guess it's better than Sanctuary RPG, for that matter, though, eh? Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I was going to say it was like Rogue Legacy until I saw the combat. Yeah. Uh, it's somewhere between Rogue Legacy and Sanctuary RPG, if you've ever played that, which is nice. I, that game, I want to see again. I want to play that. Danger Crew, single-player retro-style RPG set in a world where programmers battle using laptops. Alright. Looks like Pokemon. He's dancing. <laughs> it does look like Pokemon. So much. But I like that. It's a clean art style Whoa. that you. Whoa. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Save the company. <laughs> so this is different. I like it. This is a completely different spin on the Pokemon concept, <laughs> and it works. It works! 
I guess technically it is like playing Pokemon if you think about it. It doesn't take itself seriously, and it gives you a clear end game. Uh, that's interesting. I like that. That's another good game here on the list. Cool. All right. Next up, we're going to Destructoid. First, we have a badass brawler, Fight and Rage, out now on the Xbox One and Nintendo Switch. Now, I may be wrong, but I'm pretty sure we either covered this or I know I've at least seen this already, and it's good. It's very good. You may have, yeah. Oh, yeah. So this is out on Steam, I think, for a while. Yeah, 2017. Jesus, all right. So, yeah, this is out on Steam for a while, and now it's being released on uh, Xbox One and Switch. So as you can see, I if can you see. like beat-em-ups, this is the type of game that you're probably going to end up loving, and it's very nice. A lot of action going on there. That, that's very nice. Oh, yeah. Oh, this looks fantastic. Wow, motorcycle section, sick! <laughs> Loving that, eh? Makes you yeah. makes you feel like again, it's like when you play one of those new beat 'em up games on Nintendo, and you're just like, "Whoa, we're gonna do this section. We're on like surfboards, or you know, I think of Ninja Turtles, of course, but you know, it's, uh, it's just cool." Well, also battle toads. Yeah, Contra. Surfboards, Contra. No, uh, bikes. I didn't get that far. I need to play that game. Contra more. three, that was Contra three. I'm pretty sure. Um, Contra uh, three, you also got to ride on missiles. So, <laughs> okay, so I need to play Contra three. Got it. I'm <laughs> added to my list tonight. Moving on. So, anyone with a uh, Xbox One, Nintendo Switch, you can go out there and grab yourself a copy of Fight and Rage. I highly suggest it. Uh, up next, the Xbox Game Pass is adding 13 new games. So we're just going to jump to those right now. Munchin, Quacked Quest, uh, Ukulele, The Escapist 2, nice. City Skylines, Lonely Mountains Downhill, Demon's Tilt, Genesis Noir, Minute, The Red Strings Club, The Talos Principle, Van Brace Cold Soul, State of Mind and Dead by Daylight. There's that. That's a lot of good games there, actually. Mm-hmm. Like At lot. least half of those games I want to play already. Um, so you know, good. I know Minute is good. I know Talos Principle is good. Uh, I know a lot of people like Dead by Daylight. Uh, Demon's Tilt supposed to be good. I've heard of City Skylines and Escape is too. Ukulele supposed to be okay. Mm-hmm. Those last three are the ones that I'm interested in most. Yeah. Yeah. Fanbury's Cold Soul, State of Mind, and Dead by Daylight. Oh, no, the last three that you mentioned. I'm oh, sorry, I'm not okay, looking okay. at the order in the lists. Oh, yeah, City Skylines, Escape of Student, Ukulele, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Those are all good games. All right, our last news section for tonight. Uh, Handy Games release heartbreaking trailer for ecological adventure, Endling. Alright, so publisher Handy Games has revealed the existence of Endling, a new title currently in development at indie studio Herobeat. A 
teaser trailer offers us a new look at the new eco-friendly adventure showcasing its stylistic design and dramatic high-stakes narrative. Set in a near future where the planet has been all but decimated through pollution war and man's general inhumanity, Endling sees players take control of a vixen and her three fox cubs as they battle for survival in a ruined world. As the mother... As the mother, players must guide her offspring through hazardous situations, providing food, water, and shelter, while seeking out a more permanent home for her family. This somewhat upsetting trailer can be checked out below. Oh, this is going to be bad. Thankfully, those of you listening to the podcast don't have to experience this with us, but we'll try and share our pain with you, because that's our job. So we say to like, oh no, she's looking for food or something. Oh. What's so upsetting about that trailer? Uh, did the baby fox get shot? How did it die? Because it's just laying there. Is that what it is? is it, I didn't think that was the baby fox. That's what I was wondering. Yeah. Is that what it is, though? Oh, it probably is, because there's only two of them there, not three. Okay. Alright, so there's yeah. still a long time to go before we can experience the family's dangerous journey. However, as Endling is not expected to release for BBC and consoles until the first quarter of 2021. Wow. Mm. Oh, yeah, I can see that being heart-wrenching. <laughs> yeah, I'm not going to lie. Putting that scene into context made it a lot sadder. Yeah. Jesus. Um, I'm sure we'll hear about this again before it's released. Oh, yeah. We've got a couple of years, so... Well, a year and a half-ish. Anyways, moving on, we're going to do our Kickstarters for tonight. So, first one we have here is called This Dead Winter, a dark fantasy adventure game set in ancient woodland. Gripped by an enduring winter. You play as a fox trying to get your cub back. Wow. That is very similar. What? How? What? That's creepy. That's really creepy. What? Uh, 3D art. I wasn't prepared for that. No, again... Hey, that fox... I know we don't usually cover, like, super fancy looking stuff like this all the time, but... When it's an interesting concept, especially if it's a Kickstarter, I'm more than happy to cover it. And this looks beautiful, too, by the way. I, I like this. I'm not so sure about the movement of the fox yet. I'm, I'm still wanting to see a little bit more. That jump from the tree was a little bit <laughs> different. Uh, I'm not sure that's a real fox jump. But I'm not sure that's relevant, either. So 
So it looks like there's a puzzle solving aspect oh, to what's going on here. Looks like it, yeah. Uh, and the world is just beautiful. Whoa. What is going on? Whoa. What, what is, did she go into the robot? The robot? I don't understand. Yeah, I don't know. I, oh yeah, it is. It totally is. How does that Buddy likes this one. Oh, wait. That was a while ago when he said I oh, yeah, wish yeah. I'm tripping out. Oh, all of it's there. like she can turn into fire or something? Okay, cool. Is this game fully funded already? Is no, that they're see? looking uh, for 50,000 Canadian. They're already halfway, 25,000. They still have 25 days to go, so I mean, they've got plenty of time to get it. But this yep. looks really like, oh, I love that space scene. That is really nice. Very beautiful. Very beautiful. I hope they get it. I want to see this game. I'm, I may not want to play it, but I'll definitely watch other people play it. That's for sure. And wow. It's been so long since I've had sirens in the back. <laughs> they it's don't usually happen on Sunday nights. That's so weird. Yeah. <laughs> Just this podcast. Don't worry, guys. <laughs> so apparently the alpha will be in November. I want to see how much the oh, game wow. is. Oh, okay. So 15 pounds. $25, basically, for a copy of the game. That's not bad. That's not too bad at all. Yeah, they have a lot of different... Uh... Oh, you can become a beta tester as well. Buy your way into the beta if you wanted to. Wow, you can actually help get the console ports and add multiplayer. Wow. And alpha testing. Well, yeah, there's a lot of crazy good stuff that they added in there. I love that Kickstarters can get you so intimately involved with a game like that. Yeah, well, I mean, it's depending on what you're pledging and what you know, you're looking to do. I mean, mm -hmm. you're literally becoming part of that game then too, right? So, I mean, what you're yeah, what you're putting in there in regards to money is not only physical stuff but you know spirit you're adding spirit as well yeah. <laughs> well there's not many other ways to put that look at those characters so, yeah, obviously the fox has got this like like I, and normally I would say like yeah something's wrong with this fox it doesn't look right but after seeing that like it turns into fire and like can go inside of robots and stuff like depending on I assume it has some type of flame feature or capability, so and that's why the, the fur is kind of different, but it also has this flame kind of look to it. The only thing that's more concerning is the fox's face looks a little goofy. There's still time to fix something like that, okay. for sure. I don't think that model is by <laughs> any means final. Especially in a 3D environment, there's going to be something that changes, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um... But yeah, I, I hope we hear about this game again. And uh, look at that. 20% of the money that they're going to take is going to tax if you're listening <laughs> to this uh, later on. Uh, that's a very detailed expenditure list. Listen, maybe they owe for last year's tax. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> Anyways, up next, we have a game called Savior. Use wits, combat, and parkour to rebuild a divided world in this 2D action-adventure game. You're looking for 63,557. They currently have 59,106. Ten days to go. They're almost there. 
Uh, but ten thousand or ten thousand, yeah, right. But four thousand dollars to go, and they'll be uh, they'll be done. So let's have a look at the trailer. They've got this. Oh, whoa! What do they? Oh, this looks way better than I thought. Okay, uh, I thought it was gonna be like the the, the the picture that was there. Um, what? This looks way okay. better. Oh yeah, this is the best time. It's because you can't see me on webcam. And he's doing all kinds of funny stuff. Oh yeah. Um, if you know OWG, you know he's oh doing funny God, stuff. Oh my God! This we're all game looks out. fucking so good. I want it. No, you let those people go back together. Oh, what happened? I need to know. I am not surprised that this is almost back. If this doesn't get back, I'll be fucking. I'll be very surprised. This is nice. <laughs> I love these graphics right now. Oh sh. Oh. Shit. oh, oh. Whoa! Wait, what? Oh my... Wait, what? You can use enemies to kill each other. Nice. So there's no... It's actually like real combat as opposed to like... Oh, well, an enemy just shot off a machine gun and it went through like ten of them, but... You know, you got hit by one bullet and died, but the other ten bullets just went through all those people. It doesn't matter. This is... Star Wars-esque. Oh, this is good. That's what this fucking is. Oh, yes. whoa, whoa, yes. what? Oh, what? Whoa, are you shitting me? And then the, the, the dragon? You're gonna ride the dragon? <laughs> oh, my God. Okay, so God. anybody who's listening to the podcast... Go take a look at Savior. I'm Kickstarter, yeah. This is... Who you should do so, because it looks amazing. Oh my god, my mind is so blown right now. And if it's closed and you want to give him money anyway, you should email him. Tell him, listen, I want this game. <laughs> Holy crap, this looks so oh good. Oh my goodness. I wouldn't go that far about many games, but this is, it just looks like it's going to be so much fun. Press copy? Oh, wow. And you can be nice. Look at that. There's decisions to be made in the game, too. So there's even another level. Oh, we're getting raided. <laughs> Welcome, Bender. And raiders. It's going well. Thank you for that raid, sir. We're uh, nearing completion on this week's podcast. Just a few more Kickstarters here. Fucking need you more than ever. All right. Ready. Nice job. Thank you for the uh, for the big raid there. I love that. That was awesome. <laughs> We're just looking at some uh, really good games. You know what? We're going to go back and look at this game again because uh, if you guys haven't seen this, this this game looks crazy good. Like We look at a lot of fantastic games in the podcast. Like, this is really up there as well. There's been so many good games. Like This thing looks... I'm I'm so uh, I, I want this. 
They don't really give you much as for story. Oh my god. Uh, I, I want to know the story of this game from this trailer. That's... Uh... And then they, they leave you wanting to play these game mechanics. Like, let's just jump off this guy. Right? Or I'm just going to slide between this guy's legs and he's going to, like, drop his hammer down on someone's face. No big deal. Oh my god. No big god, deal at all. Man. It's all good. Oh yeah, the, oh my god, this, I, I'm super loving this, like the look of the game and the style, like, oh, jumping over to Arrow, Jesus, then this big ass dragon comes here and you're all like, yeah, I'm just going to drive off this cliff and ride it, because you know, that's what people do. Oh shit. Yeah, this, That's the. Uh, it looks fucking amazing. So, how much do they want, oh, I don't, meh. Mm. <laughs> I scan down and there's a SNES box with it and I'm just like oh. <laughs> oh no not the SNES box so you get the game for about $20 in my opinion already from what I've seen well worth it worth $20 no problem definitely now where can I get the SNES copy because if there's a fucking SNES copy I gotta somehow <laughs> like get it because that's eh. Zona Villager. Zona Forebearer. Diplomacy. No! I wanna come! No! Don't do this to me! <laughs> you can't you can't show me a SNES box and then tell me I can't have it. Oh god. They didn't tell you you couldn't have True, it. True, but still, oh my god. Yeah. I want this game. Ninety three percent funded. If this isn't funded in ten days, I'll like I said, I'll be so fucking surprised. I think they probably got enough where they may make the game anyway. Oh, they may I would imagine they will. Yeah, exactly. That's what I have a feeling it is, too. They probably just uh, photoshopped it in or something. I mean, even if they did do one, they might have just done it for a promo thing. That's true. Uh, Alright, so our next game is a fully funded game. Uh, Wheel of Fate. They're looking for 25000 They've already raised 28000 They still have 17 days to go. It's a Canadian-based company, too. Ooh. Wheel of Fate is a turn-based RPG using AI to create dynamic content and massive replayability. Made by game designer from Mass Effect 2. Alright. What do you got for me? Oh, massive replayability. That's not a term in uh, any games that I know of. Alright, this is not our usual pixely goodness, but again, we're, we're usually open to this stuff if the game is good enough. The art style looks pretty good for 3D. I don't see anything that's off or out of place. Uh, I hope that wasn't the combat speed. That looked a little awkward. Yeah, the world looked a little bit under-detailed as well for the, uh, for the 3D look that you're going for. Like, maybe the engine is unfinished and they're showing off the world anyway, because 
even those flames didn't uh, look quite right. Like, um, there weren't enough frames for them to show the proper amount of movement so that they $17 should have. is what you're looking for for a copy of the game. Uh, let's see, I'm not sure. All or nothing. Project will be funded if it reaches its goal by Thursday, October 17th. Well, aren't they past their initial goal? Oh, yeah, they've made their goal. But, I mean, they, they have extended yeah. story, more languages, quest line expands, forge strength. Uh, well, it sounds like some of this stuff, they could just make a second game if this one doesn't become a thing. They, mm -hmm. They've already secured that they can make a game on the, this platform in this way, so there may be more to look forward to, even if it doesn't reach all its stretch goals. That that would be really cool. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it, it does like seem I said, quite like the, the people look like they have a lot more detail than the environment, which is kind of off-putting, just Strange. because like, you almost want more detail. Like, this right here, where this defend the town folk section here, like, it looks very basic. Like, it's, maybe it's not done yet, and maybe, it, yeah, you, you could be right. It could be early in development, maybe that's the case. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there is some roguelike stuff, too, which is kind of nice. If there's, like, some dungeon exploring and stuff, that's, that's going to be cool. Definitely. And we are going to see more of this game. It got funded, so, oh, like yeah, I we'll said. Oh, yeah, we'll definitely see that coming up soon. So they have Even lots if they of don't reach their stretch goals... Oh, well, Mass Effect 2. Yeah. That that part alone was crazy enough to catch my attention. Oh, wow. Alright, so, we're going to move on to our next one, called Worldline. Uh, they're looking for 7,282. They're currently at 1,182, 14 days ago. Game about time and space, Worldline is a 2D puzzle platformer about manipulating time and defeating reality-corrupting enemies. <laughs> So let's see. Zero percent juice. What do you mean? Gotta have juice. But it's not juice. If there's zero percent juice, then it's not even real juice. <laughs> okay. What the? F uh, I don't know how I feel. It. <laughs> um. Come on, show me something here that I can make a some kind of judgment on, as far as if I would play this game myself. Time oh, in oh, space. Oh, there we go. oh wow, the actual like when you're in playing the game, like on the platforms and stuff, it looks real trippy and shit. In pause. Slow wow, this looks really cool. Uh the first stuff they showed was was wasn't really doing it for either Old World Gamer or I, but then the gameplay kicks in. Yeah, the gameplay doesn't look too horrible. It makes you want to play it. It looks like oh, it would shit. be fun. What are you recording? What? Timeline. Oh. So there's... Oh. Alright. Oh, but you can rewind time. See, this is tricky. Question mark. Okay, that is so cool. Well, well... <laughs> oh no, it's parts of the world shifting. I was like... <laughs> Is the game getting corrupted? 
No. Okay. I hope this gets funded, but it doesn't look like it's going to with the time that's left and how much it's got. Two weeks, you never know. All it needs is a little push, maybe. doesn't look too bad, actually. Maybe the Unity. Digital copy of the game's $14, so they're not asking for a terrible amount of money for their game, either. Like, $7,000 is really not a lot of money when you consider some of the other people and what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. Like I said, I hope it gets funded, but the numbers don't support that at the moment. Hopefully we'll get to see more of this uh, another time. The demo does exist. That's true. Alright, so now, next we have Cricket from the Stars. Explore a vibrant world, learning new magical abilities, and experience an epic story. They're looking for 13241 They're currently at about almost 5000 They have 16 days to go. It looks like it's a pretty good uh, graphical saw, so let's hope the trailer is promising. <coughs> okay. Ooh, okay. Uh, what kind of weapon is that? Uh, it looks like it's some kind of type of cane. Cool. That's different. Probably for your magic and stuff, I would imagine. Oh. Mm hmm. I like the art oh, style. Oh, dude. Nice. Vendor, get some rest. Thanks again for the raid. Oh, yeah, indeed. Thanks for the raid, and, yeah, go get some sleep. Hope you had an awesome stream as well. Sorry we didn't get to say much about all that. Oh, my shambler. <laughs> this reminds me of Mystic Quest 64 to a degree. I don't know. Did you get to play that game? No, I did not. Um... It's kind of an open-world uh, RPG where you're a mage, and you get elements of spells, uh, and you just travel the world and destroy beasts and stuff. They're looking for $20 for their game. It doesn't look too bad, actually. Worth I thought it was pretty good. It probably needed a little bit more uh, fine-tuning on the uh, character sprite animations. Like I found that sometimes yeah. when she was swinging her cane, it was a little bit... Uh, what's the word? I'm Delayed? Thinking? Yeah, not even that. It just kind of like it looked Jerky. a little bit. Yeah, it looked a little bit strange or something. So, but I mean, maybe it's just me. Maybe that's just the charm of that character. So I don't know. Yeah, see that right here. This equipment where she does the final swing. Yeah, there's something about that final swing that looks kind of like. Okay, the magic looks alright. Crafting, there's pets. Oh, fishing! Okay, see, now you're starting to talk to me. Steve's all like, I all right. heard him. <laughs> all right. I hope this game gets funded, too. I, it seems like every time you go to Kickstarter, you find fun games. That's usually what I look for, is games that I, I think people would enjoy seeing and wanting to play themselves. So, I mean, if we can help these people, that, that's all that really matters. So... <clears throat> So yeah, they're only at 38% right now, 16 days remaining. We have a chance to help them out, so if you're interested in the game, head on over to Kickstarter. Fund them if you like it. And our last game is Potion Paz, a spooky RPG sim. It was fully funded, so I was very interested in where it was going. There's only 51 hours left, so... 
Explore the haunted woods and dungeon for resources, treasures, and secrets. Craft powerful potions and spooky treats to survive. Are you really going to be a cat in this? <laughs> yes. No way. Yep. You are a little cat. A little meow meow. Meow meow. Vancouver, meow. Canada. We have another Canadian developer. Meow meow. I have a pumpkin. Alright. This is kind of cute, though, so far. But I can see this being a game that um, mobile and, and Facebook gamers would enjoy playing. I can see that, but I I can also see this being a console game. Like, it, it really looks like oh, you're definitely supposed has, to try and definitely survive. definitely has the aspects of it that it could make into a good console game. It's just... Will it be a good console game is the question, I guess. Right, right. It may may fit the mobile formula better. You, you may have something there. I don't know. It looks game. really good. 265% funded for anyone in the uh, just the listening section there. Huh. Well-funded game. It looks great. It looks like they're looking for $10 for a copy of the game. Relatively cheap uh, for... <laughs> What I want to say is good 3D graphics. They're not great, but they're they're solid. Yes, exactly. Uh, they're lighting, actually, as you can see from this this one here, with the lighting coming in through the windows and stuff. It looks really nice. Like it's very vibrant yeah. and like lights the room really nicely when when, when like they come into full one view thing, and stuff. It's nice. I like it. One thing I want to say as well is it looks like uh, there aren't any frame hookups with any of that. No. It looks like it's running. Well, exactly, which is always a big thing for I guess more modern gamers and stuff as well. Mm -hmm. Especially when you try and do the 3D graphics, it, if you're going to be slow and bulky, there's no reason to do that at all. But <laughs> no, they nailed it, nailed it. Oh, look at all the little potions you can make. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, and they have merch and stuff. Look at this. Wow. T-shirts and all sorts of fun stuff. So that's cool, though. Well, we're going to see more of this game. Oh, definitely. Uh, it's fully funded, so... Eventually, we may bring news back of seeing gameplay, and uh, you never know. You, there might be more stories to tell here. Yeah. That could be really exciting, because uh, obviously we hope it's going to be good, but uh, it could be that mobile game kind of situation that uh, OWG is worried about there. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, that's pretty much the end of all of our stuff for this week. Hopefully we still have you in audio on the, in the video and stuff there. Um, yeah, it, we didn't have too many hookups this week. And hopefully, like I said, I'm getting my video card tomorrow, so hopefully we won't have any more issues from that point onward. And uh, I'd also like to thank Mr. Six of uh, Six and Ghosty on Twitch. If uh, you guys are looking for him on Twitch, that's uh, his handle, uh, Six and Ghosty. He does some speedrunning. He plays a lot of retro stuff. He plays some modern stuff as well and indie games and all that good stuff. A uh, good friend of mine. And uh, thank you very much for uh, joining me for this week and filling in for SDK so that we could continue with the podcast and not miss another episode. Hey, I'm just glad that I can fill the shoes adequately. I, I know I'm not SDK, and I know I didn't bring anything to the table, but I, uh, I hope uh, I kept the talking points flowing and had adequate responses to the games. And uh, I'll be back in the audience next week on Twitch with everybody. Thank you. 
as per the usual. All right, and well, seeing as we are finished up there, let's see who's actually up and about uh, who we haven't um, hosted yet. Uh, we could probably do... Ooh, how about some Legend of Mana? You guys want to see some Legend of Mana? I'm pretty sure I've hosted him once before, but I'll host him again. Mr. Sin Stream, he's over to playing some Legend of Mana. More than likely, he's speedrunning, because he dude loves to speedrun. Yep, he's doing runs, so... We're going to send you guys over there. Have yourselves a good evening. We'll see you here next week for another podcast. Until then, have a good week. Good night. Bye-bye. See you later.